Hello, hello, here we are again, coming to you from Broadcast Email Farm, 44 different platforms around the world. And my name is Augie, and my co-host is still on sabbatical, and we will miss her because this is one of the shows that I think she will miss not being on. And um, of course, Broadcasting Alpha is that one show that appreciate people stepping out of the box and listening to us. And uh, uh, well, we are also transmitting on uh, broad, on the Conscious Awakening Network. And because of them, we are also on Roku, three TV stations, and a bunch of other places, and on a horde of social media places. So uh, we're going to have some fun here. And also, you can get in touch with Nori and I through broadcastteamalpha.com. There is a place you can send us a message. I'll get it, and we will get back to you. If you have a phenomenal story that needs to get out there, Get in touch. There just might be a place for you here on Broadcasting Alpha going live with us. And uh, Nori and I also created a spiritual think tank where we do amazing things. It seems like we're creating out of seemingly nothing sometimes, but it works. If you want to be part of a, something that is bigger than yourself, uh, send us an email to themastermindconnection at gmail.com and I will uh, send you some information and also a link so you can come and have a look and uh, see if you like to become part of the family. And um, now I'm going to introduce the guest to you. This is a very special occasion for me because this man, he... Uh, we speak the same language. We've done some of the same things. And uh, this gentleman we are interviewing tonight is Barry Strom. And uh, some people like to surf the internet while they're listening to the show. So here is his website, barrystrom.com. That is Barry, S-T-R-O-H-M.com. And you will also find him on YouTube under the same name, Barry Strom. He's got a bunch of videos there, and he's got some doozies that uh, I think you need to go have a look at. <laughs> now, Barry is a spiritual communicator. And he came from a background of business management and civil engineering. And... How much more nuts and bolts can you get than that? But he seems to that now he still remembers the nuts and bolts, but he is much more than that. He stepped out of the box and probably so far out of the box by now that he doesn't even know where it is anymore. And, and uh, later in life, he started finding out that he could communicate what what we call dead folks. And he also take pictures of dead folks. But of course, they're not dead. They are probably more alive than we are. 
And many of them, though, don't know that they are no longer physical. So it becomes a conundrum for them. And he is able to help some of those. And uh, he has written 10 books. The last book is Modern Messages of Archangels. And he is on two radio shows, two podcasts, and he is also on the Para-X Network and Spiritual Speaks and Voice America with some of his shows. And uh, for the next 55 minutes or so, he is here with us explaining what to expect when we drop the body and what the people that are already there are telling us. This could get interesting. So stay with us. We are going to go way deep on this one. So welcome to the show, Barry. Hey, after that introduction, I thought you were talking about the wrong person. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, that's probably true for some of us. We we don't think of ourselves in that way because to us, all these things are so natural. Well, it's it's you. Well, there was a time it wasn't natural, but uh, yeah. it certainly is now. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Wonder. I always wonder when. When I see someone like you doing something extra, you know, phenomenal like this, was there an incident that led you to it, a revelation, or was it a slow progression into doing what you do? No, it was it was a very very slow progression. Hmm. I didn't even believe in ghosts till I was about sixty years old. So, it's a, I'm eighty one now, so that seems like a long yeah. time ago. A lot of things hmm. happened. But now, no, I was busy crushing stone, building things. Yeah, have trucking companies. I was actually CEO of a of a stone and concrete company for about five years. So, talking to ghosts was one of the last things that I ever thought about. We bought a antique gallery in Pennsylvania near Gettysburg, and. The people that worked for me, they were telling me about all these crazy things that were happening. I thought they were just a little bit high on marijuana or whatever they were smoking <laughs> and drinking. So <clears throat> the time came, I had to spend some time in the building myself. I found out the hard way that they really were not. We had a portal in the basement. You could put an infrared camera on the wall in the basement and watch the ghosts come in and out through the wall. <clears throat> it was absolutely phenomenal building we would have haunted items in the antique gallery we actually had items that would talk to you we had mm. we had an oil painting and we found out the guy that was about 1880 1890 painting and we found out the guy's picture's name was joseph mm. once we learned to communicate whenever you'd walk by He'd tell you how much he disliked the music we were playing in the antique gallery. So he was not happy being for sale. But one day I'm up at the front counter and a woman comes up and she says, I got an item back here that I want to buy. It's talking to me. I thought, okay. So I walk back and it's Joseph. And I said, what if this, you know, people talk about antiques talking to him all the time. So I said, well, what's he saying? She said, well, I'm a psychic. 
and he's telling me that he hates it here because of the damn music that we're playing. And would you please buy me so I can go home with you? So I want to buy him and make him happy. So the woman buys this $1,500 oil painting because he wanted to go home with her. So, I mean, it was just events like this just kept piling up in the, in the store. We had photographs wow. of apparitions in the store. Um, we had a woman in a mirror that we took a picture of. I sent you one of one of the photos of her. <clears throat> that she had the attachment to that mirror, and we sold we sold the mirror one day. And about six months later, the guy comes back in, and I said, "Well, how's the mirror doing?" And he said, "Man, we've had some really bad luck." And I went, "Uh oh." <laughs> Sometimes an attachment cannot do what you want it to do. <clears throat> So he says, uh, our house burned down. I went, oh, man. Uh, but he says, you know what? <clears throat> he said that the firemen came. And when they came, this woman asked the firemen to carry the mirror out of the building. And they, they thought they put the fire out and left. And then when they came, it started up again. And they couldn't get there in time. And the building came down. You know, the only piece of furniture that we saved out of the building was that mirror that we bought here. She had appeared and told the fireman to get to get the, the mirror out of the house. Wow. Oh, yeah. I tried to buy the mirror back, but he wouldn't sell it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, well, it, was crazy. it was crazy being in this building. I mean, it was just continuous. They, they, well, they, they yeah, there are old stories about mirrors actually can act as a portal. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I've, I've seen it happen. Yeah. But it, uh, I mean, it, we were eight miles from Gettysburg with this place. So I started going out on the battlefield and taking pictures. And I was getting got some amazing ghost pictures. And... I wound up publishing over 200 of them in my first book. It was called Haunting and History of the Battle of Gettysburg. But it, I'd go out at night all by myself and take these pictures. And, I mean, it was it was crazy. If you want to see spirits, the battlefield is, uh, Gettysburg is phenomenal. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people died there, and many of them, they're probably still walking around and don't know that they dropped the body. Oh, absolutely. We actually <clears throat> channeled with a Confederate colonel that didn't know he had died. He was in the exact same spot he had been 150 years earlier when we talked to him. And he, he still had his unit of men with him. He was on Lee's retreat route. And he was still protecting the rear of Lee's column. And I mean, when I, I talked to him, and I'm a real nut about about Gettysburg, you know, so I know mm -hmm. quite a bit about it. <clears throat> I started asking him questions. He answered every question technically perfect on the events that had taken place at that spot. He knew that his commander had been captured and he had absolutely no idea that he was dead. When he, we were, we were sitting around it. We were on at Lee's retreat route, and it was the, it was the day after the battle when Lee was actually on this route, and this was he put his healthy soldiers on, on the road where we were, and then he put, the wounded, 
and the wagon train of the wounded was 14 miles long taking his wounded out that's how i mean that's how terrible the whole thing was but the spirit comes in and we we're sitting there my wife and some friends and they it was for, it was fourth of july so we had shorts and, he, and the first thing he said is what is this manner of dress why are you dressed like this i'm going well it's fourth of july <clears throat> and he he had no idea he said i must be dreaming and i said well who are you and he gave me his name colonel such and such i said where'd you fight he said willoughby run who was your commander general asher what happened to him he was captured who took over i helped to i mean he's going down the line answering these physical questions and he was i mean there was no doubt this guy was at that spot of the battlefield mm -hmm. i said what are you doing here he said i'm guarding the, the rear of the column he's he, and he gives me the details about the other column with the wounded in it who's in charge i mean and it was a lesser known general he, he but he's nailing all these names and i'm going we had well we knew we wanted to try to talk to with a, with a confederate so we were fly, we flew a confederate battle flag on our on the flagpole at the house where we were <clears throat> so i said well do you have your men with you he said yes they're down in the woods they're they're guarding i said would you bring them up so that we could talk to them he said can you guarantee my safety i said absolutely we're flying your flag you know we're southerners so he says, I will bring them up. All of a sudden, here comes this whole column of soldiers coming up. <laughs> and the cavalry, they're riding up and they get off their horses. And they're, they're standing there in a, in, a, in a line. All these guys had no idea that they had passed. They were all in this channel of the unknowing dead. <laughs> so I said, well, and then all of a sudden, since it's the 4th of July, and the fireworks start, and he goes, Oh my God, it's Union artillery. You promised us we'd be safe. I said, trust me, it's not gonna, the artillery's not gonna get to you here. But it was the fireworks that he was here. <clears throat> I actually have a picture that we took of them where one of the soldiers is looking at the Confederate flag. So, I mean, but these, all these guys had absolutely no idea that they had passed. Were you able to communicate to them that you're not really supposed to be here because you dropped your body a little while ago and you're supposed to go home? Were you able to communicate at all? No, they did not want to hear that. They were on a mission to protect the rear of Lee's column. And they were going to do it. <clears throat> no, it was, it, well, but that, that was one of the wilder things we've done out there. In that case, they're probably still there protecting the rear. Yeah, yeah. On the four, on the fourth of July, you can bet that they're still there protecting the rear of that cult. Man, oh man! What do you think it would take in order to break through to them? They they may have to see some evidence of something. I think I think what happens. <laughs> Excuse me. There's no there's no time on the other side. So, you know, 50 years, it's nothing. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 
No, but what I think happens is the angels help move them on. That humans, they've got their minds so made up. They want to be with, still stay with their friends that they fought with. They still have this strong dislike of Union soldiers. <laughs> but I think a time comes that the angels actually help them move on. And uh, they'll listen to the angels, but we've, we've tried multiple times. And yeah. you go back, they're still there. Now, you sent me a picture where there, there's a picture of a soldier or it was someone being carried and lifted away by an angel. Yes. Yeah, I took that picture one night on the battlefield. Yeah. And I think that was the process. <laughs> I think they give them so much time and then they say, hey, dude, you're headed home. Yeah. Now, if the others were able to see that, maybe the light will, you know, click on. Yeah, I mean, I have... In my prior life, I fought at Gettysburg, which is uh -huh. pretty bizarre. <clears throat> but the spirits actually told me there was a place on the battlefield, always had all this activity. And I would walk down this wooded path and there was ghosts everywhere and I'd take their picture. And it was very one of the most active places. One night I'm on the battlefield and I start down the path and in my head I hear, don't, don't go. I turn around, go 50 feet, and a big tree falls right on the path where I would have been. So on that particular night, this voice saves my life. I'm thinking mm -hmm. it's a guardian angel. <clears throat> yeah. So I so I asked, we're channeling with my guide. I said, who saved my life? And they said, it's the boys. I go, what do you mean the boys? She says, it was the boys that you fought with. I said, what do you mean the boys I fought with? So she says, you fought in that spot. She said, you were a captain, and she gives me my name in that life and everything. <clears throat> so I go out, take my ghost box along with me, and I took some people along. And I walked up to the spot, and I said, guys, do you recognize me? And over the ghost box, everyone hears, yes, sir, captain. And I can, and I commence to have a conversation with the soldiers that I fought with. And I asked them, I said, why are you guys still here? And the answer comes back because those damn Yankees are still here. So they're not going to leave till the Yankees leave or someone gets in between. Cause I told them, I said, you know, you can see me, I'm out of, you know, I'm in a different body. Go, you know, it's time for you to move on. But no. Then they said to me, said, captain, put your head down. They're still shooting at us. So, um, I mean, the, the, I tried, but mm -hmm. they're very happy out there. And I promised them every time I come back, I go back and visit with them, which I do when I get back in Pennsylvania. Man, oh, man. <laughs> this has been made wilder and wilder, and we still got about 40 minutes left of wild stuff. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I got another question for you. You wrote two books about aliens. And uh, do you have any personal interaction with extra extraterrestrial intelligence or beings? Well, I saw one. Mm -hmm. uh, we were in our apartment in Pennsylvania, and we were chanting. 
okay i got just let me lay a little foundation <clears throat> all souls are the same the alien souls are ex-human souls generally mm -hmm. we've only been here two hundred thousand years on this planet these other planets have been around for billions of years so our souls had to be somewhere so we lived as aliens in prior lives yeah you can believe me or not but that's a fact i know some of my prior lives so i can verify hmm. but they wanted me to to speak about the alien presence so we channeled an alien spirit named Mu. We he, when he came to us, he said, I'll be with you for two to three years. You need to write two books. I'll give you the information for the books, and then I'm going to leave, which is exactly the way it took place. <clears throat> so I'm writing these alien books at the time. We're both asleep in our apartment, and I wake up. I sit up in bed, and I look. And I can see this big form standing by the side of the bed. Now, when my wife is an as a proven abductee, so she's been abducted by aliens. Oh. So, but anyway, I look over and I see this, and it's a reptilian, short nose. And I, I think I, I clear my head, and I am clearly awake now. <laughs> Believe me, and I'm looked at him, and he looks at me and smiles and knocks me out just like that i get up mm -hmm. in the morning and i'm thinking they abducted her again so i said connie you may have gone for a trip last night and i tell her what i saw but i do not mention the fact that it smiled at me i figure that's really pushing it mm -hmm. so we had friends that helped teach us how to channel and they use channeling boards and they lived in salt lake city and they're they're very close to where we are now. <clears throat> so I got in touch with them, and I said, "Are you available on Skype tonight? Because I've got to ask you a question." So I tell them. So we get on Skype that night, <clears throat> and I said, "Would you ask for Moo to come in?" So they say, "Yes, he's here with us in in Salt Lake." And I said, "Moo, did I see an alien last night?" The answer comes back from Salt Lake City. Yes. And did you see him smile at you? And they knew no one knew that that alien had smiled. Mm -hmm. So there's the absolute proof. It was, I had a real alien in our bedroom. Yeah. Yep. That's personal proof. Uh -huh. You betcha. Yep. And they, they had no idea. They had no clue what question I was going to ask because mm -hmm. I wanted them totally in the dark. <clears throat> But Mu answered it for us. Yeah. And uh, that uh, alien gave you the information for the both of books. No, that wasn't that wasn't Mu. <clears throat> oh, okay. Mu Mu was a seven foot blue alien. Okay. He was from a planet called Robe that we never heard of. It's on the far wing of the galaxy. <clears throat> now, now, we have been channeling aliens again for some of the different shows that we've been doing. So they sent us another alien from Robe and his name, he said, just call me Fred because you'll never be able to pronounce my name because it's a vocabulary that we never heard of. So, yeah. so we can, we do have the ability to channel Fred anytime we want. If you have alien questions. 
Mm, man. I mean, all your listeners are saying, who is this guy? He ought to be in an asylum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is um, more like your paranormal event. Uh, do you have more events like this, or is it that one? Uh, for, for aliens? Yeah, alien or extraterrestrial. No, no, actually, I have another proven event. Hmm. I was out on the battlefield one night, and mm -hmm. when I took when I was photographing, I would have three different cameras that I was using because I was always trying to get the same image on multiple cameras to prove it. Mm -hmm. So one night I'm out, and I snap a picture, and here's this thing that looks like this blue light bar alongside my car. So I, I started to fire all three cameras. And I'm getting the image on all three cameras and I can see them on the backs, on the digital backs. So I wound up, I took 40 frames of this thing. It's in different sizes and it followed me for about a mile down the road because it was, there was nobody out there that night. And I'm, I'm seeing this thing and I'm going, now this one I can't explain. So hmm. I started driving and taking pictures and this thing's following me down the road. And so I get back and, I have over 40 frames of it. I got some really good pictures. <clears throat> so I asked the guides, and I'm sorry, Moo was still with us then. So I asked Moo, I said, what was that? And he said, oh, that was an alien drone that was following you. They wanted to know what you were doing. So I do have 40 frames of a, of a real honest to God alien drone. Mm. Well, how big was it? It was different sizes. Oh. There were some of them, it was small. And I have one where it looked like it was about 15 feet long. So mm. it was changing size and everything as it was falling. Yeah. Now, <laughs> uh, when we get back, we have a, a couple of minutes left here. When we get back after the break at the bottom of the hour, I want to talk a little bit about your channeling. Okay. And you also have communication with Nikola Tesla. And that, folks, is going to be something that you want to hear, especially if you are an inventor. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, we're going to talk with Nikola. We've talked to him multiple times before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, the uh, so when you live your daily life right now, walking around the house, do you see things in your presence are they there with you once in a while? Yeah, sometimes. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> like when I'm trying to figure out who I want to have on one of the shows, <clears throat> they'll come to me. Mm -hmm. uh, we were going to uh, channel Mahatma Gandhi on one of the shows. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there writing <laughs> the questions on the computer for him. And I was aware that he was standing there. So my wife was sitting on one of the couches near near my desk. And I turned around to talk to her and I started talking in an Indian accent. And I can't do accents. And I went, did I just do that? <clears throat> and it was, and I looked over and Gandhi was standing there laughing. Mm -hmm. And when I had him on the show, we did the entire show with me having an Indian accent. Oh, wow. For an hour, I, I, I spoke like he wanted me to speak. 
It was crazy. Oh, wow. That, hey, did you hear that, Mark? Our producer here at the bottom of the screen, he is in India. And he oh, really? has a, an Indian accent that uh, I'm not so sure if he want to get rid of it, but he can definitely hear that he is from India. Yeah, but I mean, when you listen to that show, you will hear that I did that entire show with this accent. Mm -hmm. He answered like 50 questions for us, and every answer... I did with this accent. <laughs> now let's reverse that thinking. How now you were interviewing him, so he were answering, but he was talking through you. Exactly. So you adapted his accent while you were and his yes. thinking while you were doing it. Uh, yes, absolutely. <clears throat> I did an interview with Billy the Kid. <laughs> And I talked with his Western accent when we did we did his whole interview. And it was, it depends how they want to answer. But That's you'll, interesting. You'll hear my, on, on a lot of the videos, you'll hear my voice change when we start to talk with these different spirits. Yeah. And I don't, I, when I'm doing it, I don't remember a lot of what, what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Because I'm, it's, there it's them that's speaking through me yeah and yeah when you talk to lower level spirits there's seven realms in heaven <clears throat> and when you speak speak to spirits from say second third or fourth realm their energies are very weak and i have a hard time channeling with them but when you hit the archangels or one of the holy spirits one of the disciples mm -hmm. you'll hear just how strong my voice gets when I work with them. Yeah. It's all a matter of energies. Yes, that is all there is. It's all energy. And we are now at the bottom of the hour. So for those of you that joined us late, we are talking with Barry Strom. He is a, a spirit communicator and also a channeler and a healer. And in the second half, we're going to talk about that healing and there is some stories that you need to hear because uh, this is going to get interesting when you find out who he has been able to channel like nikola tesla and another man called yashua beth halachme which was you know him as jesus but that was his hebrew name so hang in there folks we're going to get to it all right barry I uh, I'm all ears because I have a good friend in uh, Lowell, in Turkey. <laughs> uh, he's an inventor, and he would love to hear you talk about Nikola Tesla. He needs this. <coughs> Go on and pull up the videos that I have. I think I got three or four different videos where he's on, <coughs> mm -hmm. and I have videos where he interacts. Uh, I have him on with Einstein, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, we just, we just did, we didn't have him on that last show. But there's like three videos up on my YouTube channel. I've got 530 videos. Okay. So, so there's, but if he just goes in and puts Tesla in the search, let him listen to those three videos. It'll blow him away. <clears throat> Excellent. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do that because Nikola Tesla is one of my heroes. He. Uh, Oh man, oh man. If we had li if we had listened to him, 
100 and 120 years ago, we would have been traveling among the stars right now. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, now when you channel, do you, is it coming through you so you have full conscious understanding of what's going on around you or do you kind of lose consciousness in a way and then just the flow is by itself? You'll see a very light trance take place. Mm -hmm. You'll see me kind of set. And then when I speak, it'll be the spirit. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, you told me also that uh, you channeled Jesus. And uh, for some of you out there, okay, this is hard to wrap your head around. But... <clears throat> There are people out there running around the world saying there's no evidence that he even existed because there's nothing written about him. Oh, yes, there is. There's surviving Roman records, Pliny the Elder, and there's several others that wrote about him. There is a written record. He was a real man that lived. And he dropped the body at one point, which means you just said a little while ago, it's all energy. So his energy does not go away. And quantum mechanics is telling us that everything is connected. So we are connected with his energy and we can draw on it. And that is what you're doing. You are communicating with the energy yeah. that we know as Jesus. Yes, there is a spark of God in all of us. Yeah. Every soul has a spark of God. You may not recognize it, but it's there. Yeah. When you channeled him, what kind of an experience was that? Was it like channeling everybody else, or was that somewhat energetically different? No. <clears throat> the first holy spirit that we ever channeled with was mary mm -hmm. we had some friends in or we had some some guests <clears throat> and she was looking for some closure and mary came in and gave it to her the first time her energy came into that room we just had tears running down our face mm -hmm. it's it's an energy that i can't describe i'd never felt it before it's called love yes yes <laughs> She is an incredible soul. We channel her much, many times. <clears throat> but the first time Jesus came in, you could feel this energy in the room. And we had had spirits imitate him, try to tell us that we were speaking to Jesus, that we're faked. Yeah. <clears throat> so I had a lot of skepticism because I'm thinking, why would Jesus ever want to come in and speak to me? I mean, it makes no sense. Of course, most of my life doesn't make sense anymore. <clears throat> but here he is. So, you know, he gave us this message. I, I, I mean, I was so screwed up, I couldn't even think. I can't even remember what our first conversation with him was like. But he knew I had doubts. <clears throat> so he comes in and he says, I know you are doubting. I can understand that. So I'm going to give you the power to heal, to prove to you that you're really speaking with me. And he gives me this special prayer. And he said, this is your prayer of healing. And he gives me a name. And he says, go heal that person. 
I said, where's the person? Never heard of it. He said, oh, you'll find out. So I was, I was speaking at a convention in Salt Lake. And turns out that the woman in charge of the convention was the name that he gave me. So I walked up to her. <clears throat> I said, uh, you have physical problems. Would you mind if I said a prayer to try to heal you? Never talked to the woman before. That's our first conversation. <clears throat> she says, oh, no, go ahead, please. <clears throat> so I said the healing prayer for her. <clears throat> and she had a heart problem. That was like, this is like 10 years ago now. And she just passed a couple months ago. So she made it for 10 years. So I'll take a success on that. Yeah. <clears throat> but there was, another, there was another woman sitting there. And she told her friend these horrible migraine that she has, that she has chronic migraines that she can hardly function. In my head, I hear, go heal her. All right. So I walk over. said, do you care if I say a prayer and try to heal your migraine? Absolutely. I say the prayer. Within an hour, her migraine was gone, and she hasn't had one for eight years. Mm. So, I mean, I, through the years, I've said the prayer for people in stage four cancers. Uh, probably healed 30 to 40 people with this prayer. But the point I really want to make here is it's not me doing it. That prayer yeah. is simply directing the power and energy of God. Mm. And if that it's possible to, to heal that person, he'll do it. If the healing goes against the, the person's life plan, he won't do it. So yeah. quite often I'll hear a yes or a no, whether to say the prayer for a person. Mm -hmm. It's for, for their higher good, I suppose. Yes. Yes. If the person's doing wonderful things, uh, we had, when we were back in Pennsylvania, we knew some very important people back there. They ran a huge business and she had come to me and he had been with me and he understood the abilities and he got diagnosed with a very bad throat cancer. So mm -hmm. they let, when they left the diagnosis, they came straight into our gallery so that I could, he wanted me to know it first. So I said the prayer for him and God spoke with him. And he said, you're going to be healed, but it's going to be a difficult process. So he knew. That was about six years ago, and he's clean of his cancer now. But he had a very difficult time of it. Mm. But right now he's in full remission. Mm. So, I mean, that's right. another instance. Yeah. Uh, when you do these healings, does it have to be in person or can you do it over the internet like Zoom? No, I can do it mentally. Um, I had a, I, I had a friend call me, that, a friend that works with me doing, we only try to help people with this. We don't charge. We do, yeah. I mean, all the things we do is free because that's part of our mission. <clears throat> but I have a good friend that works with us in New York. He called me and he said, my father-in-law has just been diagnosed with a throat cancer, a very bad one, and they're giving him a month to live. Mm. He said, would you please say the prayer for him? And his father-in-law helps him with a lot of the, the good things that he does back there. So I was in Utah, where I am now, and 
I said the prayer for it. The next morning, the, they do tests and they cannot find the cancer. He went home the next morning. So you may doubt, yeah. but I've just seen it too many times. Yeah. And I'm not making this up. I mean, I don't no. lie to people. Whatever. When you look at my videos, that's raw feed. I don't change it. If I make a mistake, so be it. You hear what I do as, as it takes place. Well, and this is what doctors call spontaneous remission. Mm -hmm. Because well, they have to they have to have a word for it. Yeah. But I they guess. can't can't explain it. Well I I I told you the story a little bit before we started about what happened to me. Yes, please do, because <clears throat> that was really blew me away. <laughs> well, we were back in our, our apartment, it was about five years ago, and we were at the the apartment and I started having a heart attack. I had had a quad bypass 10 years before that. So I was pretty familiar with the symptoms and I go into the, to the hospital <coughs> and they do the tests and they immediately say, we got to get you into surgery. Your heart's not getting oxygen. Your artery is clogged. You have got, fairly decent damage on the one side of your heart. And they actually show me the damage on the, on our, on the monitor. He says, this is what, why we have to go in right away. So I'm laying there waiting to go into surgery and I'm laying there with my eyes closed and I see things differently as, you know, many people do. With my eyes closed, I have this mental image of this figure small figure in the distance and i can see it has wings and it's flying forward comes up right in front of my face and i see it's an angel full-bodied angel flopping its wings and fly comes up flies off so i told my wife i said i got the sign we're good you know this is going to be okay don't worry <clears throat> they go in they do the the whole procedure check everything when I come to, I said, okay, guys, how many stents do we do? And the doctor says, none. We couldn't find any heart damage. He said, your heart is absolutely healthy. There's nothing wrong with you. I said, what do you mean there's nothing wrong? You showed me all this. He said, I cannot explain this to you. All I can tell you is we we did everything we could do to check it. We, I mean, we came in from different angles with the catheter. We did everything. You have no heart damage. So I go back, I'm in recovery and I'm laying there with my eyes closed again. <clears throat> in my head, I hear just as clear as can be. If I can have you heal others, I can heal you as well. God had created a hundred percent medical miracle when that angel flew up in front of me. Mm -hmm. So that's the way it is. Yeah. You know, the, the powers of God are absolute. I, I mean, I, I can't even imagine not believing. Of course, I've seen an awful lot more than most people have. Yeah. But I can't, I, anyone listening out there, I can tell you, he's real. Yeah. And if you, if you ask him for help, you'll get it. Hmm. Well, 
that is something that a lot of people should take notice of, mm -hmm. especially the ones that is sitting on the fence. Because now we're here and we're shaking the pole. You got to fall off on one of the sides. Yes. And, and if you listen. I, would, I wouldn't be here if you hadn't done a miracle. Yeah. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it sounds really far out there when you hear things like this. But go and go to his website and watch or, or YouTube. Better yet, watch the videos. You're going to see things. I, I see things on his videos that uh, we don't have to try to talk about at all, but it really needs to be talked about and you need to see it. So go watch that and think about it because all of this is possible. I have seen things too in the mastermind that we're doing. I know that when we put our minds together, we may think that it is only our mastermind that is doing things, but we may have unseen influences getting in the game with us and helping us to do things just like he's talking about. It's an amazing world. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Now, what about other people? Can they, how could someone else achieve the connection to be able to do things like you do? Is well, it by asking or? I was sent back to do it. I okay. didn't realize it, <clears throat> but I can just, I, my, my ability is actually beyond my comprehension. Yeah. I can simply ask for almost any spirit and it will mm. appear. I mean, I can speak with animals. <clears throat> I can really do most anything. Mm -hmm. And it's far beyond my comprehension. But it's not beyond the comprehension of my guides. Yeah. It, we all have these spirit guides. And they want me to do this. <clears throat> the whole reason that he performed that miracle was that I was sent back to write these books. The books are simply compilations of the channelings. I mean, the last book we brought out, we channeled 20 different archangels. Now, people don't even realize how many archangels there are. But yeah. these are just simply channeled messages. And they're wonderful. They're like, mm -hmm. you can, uh, the one book is Messages of God. We have 60 different messages that he gave us. The one podcast that we do is called A Weekly Message from Jesus. We've been doing it for three years, but I actually channel Jesus on Wednesday mornings and people can listen to a, a new message every week. And yeah. the book is simply a compilation of 60 of his messages. It's a great devotional. You can read it mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it's contemporary because he wants to correct many of the things that have been distorted about his teachings through the years. Mm -hmm. uh, the next to last book I did was Messages of the Prophet Muhammad. Mm -hmm. Because Muhammad wants to correct a lot of the things that have been distorted about his teachings. Yep. And all of <clears throat> these religious masters have been sent back by God. 
All of the different religions have been created by God. Jesus comes for Christianity with the Jewish people. Muhammad comes with people of the Middle East with the tribal communities because it has to be a different type of religion for these people. Christianity existed and he actually got along well with Christians. Yeah. But the tribes of the Middle East were simply different. They yeah. hadn't been prepared like the Jewish people had been. So mm -hmm. uh, he sends Buddha back to a, to have teachings to a group of people. He, all of these different world religions, they all basically come down to the same fact. Every one of them speaks of the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yeah. And that is the basic teachings of all religions. Many yeah. of them have been distorted through the years because people thought that the teachings really couldn't be that simple. But I mean, keep in mind, Jesus taught to the uneducated, fishermen, carpenters. Yeah. He spoke so simply because they had to, he had to speak simply to be understood. Yeah. He didn't speak in parables and complicated ways. He simply said, live a good life and be and you will be with me in heaven that's a simple message of the times that message mm -hmm. has been complicated and if you take time to listen to my videos or listen to his messages or read the book you'll see how amazingly simple his teachings are he takes Absolutely. and uh just comes back to basics yeah and uh, speaking of the books, uh, the best place to get them is probably on Amazon, or should they just go to your website? I, I see them on your website, too. Well, uh... Yeah, if you want an autographed copy, which who knows whether you do or not. There you go. <laughs> you get that's The website's the only place you can obviously get that. But everything's, okay. up, everything's up on Amazon. You can get yeah. them all through Amazon or come into the website. There you go. Uh, now, when it comes to reincarnation, let me just back up for about two minutes here. Reincarnation was considered an absolute fact before the year 325 when uh, Emperor Constantine got involved and kind of created this thing that we now call the Bible. But before that, they knew it. And then it was taken out. But does does everybody reincarnate back, or is it well, just part of us that come back? No, no, it's your, your soul. It's your soul that has everlasting life. Mm -hmm. Your body, the bodies that they give you, wherever you decide to reincarnate, that's just a temporary holder. Yep. That's the body enables you to learn lessons, to advance in the realms. You have to learn lessons. Mm -hmm have to help others you have to be learned to do the things that god would do god's on the seventh level and his disciples are up there with him and there's six levels below yeah so throughout all these lives you learn these lessons and there are so many lessons to learn you have to i mean it's you can't even speak of it we've yeah. lived millions of lives millions I mean, it's people can't comprehend that. I have trouble with it myself. 
but yeah. we've been on different planets learning lessons. The difficult but, lessons are on Earth. We ha do we have the ch when we are standing around later on and we decide on our next life situation, it doesn't have to be on Earth, does it? No, no, absolutely not. You, you it can be on another planet. But Earth is a young planet. Very, very difficult. If you want, need to learn, if you really want to advance more rapidly, you have to learn difficult lessons. There are young planets. There's other places that are just as difficult as ours. But you will learn, you will choose to reincarnate on one of these difficult planets. If you're in an upper level and you're just kind of cruising, go to one of the advanced planets where you don't, where the lessons have been learned. Yeah. Mu told us that on his planet robe, Jesus or God had reincarnated on his planet, not in the form of Jesus, but in the form of the seven foot blue alien. Right. And they referred to him as the wise one. So he's gone to all of, he has taken time through the millennia to reincarnate on all the different planets that have learned the lessons. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's an incredibly complicated story. It's just, it, it's, there's so, and the, the more that I learn, the more I realize how little I know. I know. It's just, yeah. it's, you just, it's like opening continuous doors. Mm -hmm. And you'll all of a sudden you'll say, "Man, there's a new lesson." Yeah, and that's what we're that's what we're sent back to learn. I've got one more thing on my mind that I know people would love to hear about, and that is that it isn't just people or spirits or higher consciousness or souls that reincarnate. Animals do too once in a while. Oh yeah. Tell me, tell me that story about your cat. I just love to hear it. We had a cat named Bodie. Loved him. Used to travel with us. Was just a wonderful cat. We lost him about fifteen years ago. So, I'm learning to channel. I'm starting to get it put together. And all of a sudden, I find out that I can talk with other people's animals. We'd had people come in the store and say, "Well, can you talk to?" Fido and I, yeah, we'd talk to him. And all of a sudden it dawned me, well, why can't I talk to Bodie? So one night I asked for, I said, Bodie, would you come through for us tonight? And we hear, hello, hello, hello. I thought you'd never ask. So Bodie's talking to me from the other side. Uh, so we, I mean, he was a wonderful cat. So we thought we'd love to have him come back. But at the time we were at a small apartment because we were stuck at the antique gallery. And he tells me, but he had lived in our home here in Park City. And he says, I'll come back to you, but only when I have a proper home. Okay. So we're trapped back east. So one night, I talked back and forth with him. So I said, buddy, would you just please come back to us now? We'd love to have you. So he says, okay, I will return to you. I will be a black kitten. I will return in 13 months, and I will find you. Great. 13 months is up. We're, we're working with another psychic. And I asked the guide, I said, is Bodhi back yet? The guide says, is Bodhi this black cat to which you refer? 
And the psychic I'm working with goes, oh, my God, I think I saw Bodie. She, her father was buried down in Baltimore in a cemetery. And while she was down, putting flowers on his grave, the people that ran the cemetery asked if they wanted cats. If they had ferals there. She walks over and this little black kitten comes up on the porch and stares at her and goes back under the porch. She says, that was Bodie. I said, oh, my God, it was. He said, and this is within one week of when he said he was coming back. And uh, this is 75 miles away from us, and he's finding us. We we drive down the next day. Bodie comes out, stares at my wife, and goes back under the porch and won't come with us. So, But there was this other little tabby cat that was running around. So we're going back up the road without our cat. And both of us said he wanted us to bring that other cat along for company. Go back down the next morning. Within five minutes, the cat's out in the carrier. We got the tabby as well, and we're headed up the road. So Bodie was back. This little black kitten has got the exact personality he had in prior. Is Connie's cat. He's reincarnated with her multiple times in multiple lifetimes. I mean, one, I'll take do we have time to go one little, take us a little further. One night she says to me, I think that that boat that the cat was with me before. And we had the channeling board out. So I said, Bodie, were you ever with Connie before you were with us as a cat? On the channeling board, it spells out starlight. So I said, to Connie, I said, what in the hell is starlight? And she said, that was the name of my pony when I was a kid. This animal soul had reincarnated as a pony and now two times as a cat with her in this life. Wow. <laughs> man, oh, man. <laughs> and, 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 and the tabby cat turns out to have been my daughter's dog that died 15 years ago. Mm. So there's you have you have a family of animals on the other side, just as you have your soul family. Yeah. Yeah, the, we kind of stay together as families. Yes. Yeah, but this soul has come back three times for her now mm -hmm. in this life. That's phenomenal. Well, I see that we are within seconds of being done with the show. But I have one question. Okay. that I ask ever so often. And I don't tell the guest what the question is because I want it to be spontaneous. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you the same thing. If you could speak to the whole world and the world is listening, what would you tell them? Very simple. I would tell them that they need to have faith that God exists that that faith lays the foundation for all things. And I would tell them that they have to show love to others and learn to coexist. If they don't, human evolution is going to come to an end. Yeah. From what you have heard from the others that you have channeled, we are going into strange times now, but we are going to be okay. You're coming through this. Do you agree? He is, yes, he has sent many people back. He is not going to give up on humans. He tells us all the time, 
there will never be an end days. I would never destroy my humans. I've worked too hard for them. Yeah. But if humans through their free will decide to wipe life from the earth, I will not stop them. But I will do everything in my, in my, that we can do without interfering with free will to assure that humans can continue their evolution. Yeah. I think that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because free will has to be upfront. Absolutely. Yeah. That's and and he says I've had other civilizations fail. Yeah. Because they couldn't follow the follow they couldn't follow my words with their free will. Wow. Well, thank you very much, Barry, for being with us for this hour. This was quite an experience. <laughs> yeah. So, you ought to be in my shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and uh, do you think I can talk you back into coming back sometime? Anytime you want. Just let me know. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I would sure love to have you back because there's so much more to talk about. Yes, and you and I are on the same path. Yes. Yes, we are. Thank you very much, Barry. And uh, for those of you out there that need, you need to see his, uh, his page and there's barrystrom.com and he got his books there and also on Amazon, you'll find uh, 10 books there. So you need to go have a look at them. And uh, also on YouTube, Go to Barry Strom and watch some of the videos like I did. And you are going to like it. So thank you very much, Barry. Thank you.